Welcome everybody to Engaged Podcast. This is where you're going to hear from Seth and Anthony on a awesome quote from Jim Rohn. We hope you enjoy it. Buckle up and get ready. Quote number 10 on our random list from Jim Ron. Is that how you say his last name? Ron. Ron. There you go. Quote goes like this The challenge of leadership is to be strong, but not rude. Be kind, but not weak. Be bold, but not a bully. Be humble, but not timid. Be proud, but not arrogant. Have humor, but without folly. Mm. Want to look at it? I, I like it a lot. Well, first of all, I'm just going to go ahead and just ask this. Who is this Jim guy? Because I, I, you've referenced him before. What? He was a, a, an incredible uh, thought leader. He's written great uh, books on, on leadership and self-help and self-management. He has spoken for, to um, the multitudes. And the other thing about Jim Rohn is he was a, a forerunner. So he's one of those guys in the beginning that uh, people were listening to. I'm willing to bet that if you were to go to Barnes and Nobles and check out any leadership or management theories or books, you know, bestsellers, they may not even know it, but a lot of them are, are giving a nod to Jim Rohn. Okay. You know, he was kind of a, a forerunner in those things. Even though his stuff, we would quote unquote, call it dated, his truths are timeless. So this quote is timeless. The challenge of leadership is to be strong but not rude, be kind but not weak, be bold but not a bully, be humble but not timid, be proud but not arrogant, have humor but without folly. Look, one of the humor things, I was reading this and I thought when he said be bold but not a bully, I don't have my glasses on and I said, that is so weird, be bald but not be a bully? (laughs) Bald. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you explained who, who... Jim Rohn is because you've you've referenced them a couple times even on this podcast and I've actually never so would you say he was like a Dale Carnegie? Yeah, he was right. He was after a little bit after Dale Carnegie, but it would be in the same okay. vein. Okay. These are foundational truths that other people pick up and of course repackage um, to get the word out and sell their books. Cool. But if, okay. if if he if you're gonna have like a top five or top ten, who should I read? Foundations, check out his stuff. Okay. So, first thing that came to my mind, and this actually kind of references a, what I call a lost episode of Engaged, meaning one of the episodes we recorded, and then it, for some reason, didn't make it to YouTube because it got messed up. Um, we talked about, it was, it was in reference to parents and knowing like that balance between you know, showing your emotions versus putting on a brave face. Remember that when yeah, I asked you? Yeah, that's good. And so, with this... And I, in that podcast, and again, it's a shame that it got lost, but one of the things you said that I, I, I'm not going to do it justice, but one of the things that you said was you said, a great leader does not hide their emotions. A good leader 
um, gives an example to those who they are leading of what to do with their emotion. And that, to me, as far as the Jim Rohn go, uh, quote goes, kind of speaks to that. It is you're not you're not you're not putting on a different face. You're not putting on a mask. You're not being someone you're not. What you're doing is is you're finding that healthy balance between being strong but not rude, being kind but not weak, being bold but not a bully, be humble but not be timid, be proud but not arrogant, have humor but without folly. So, in, you know, we, we think of and talk about stress as if it's always a bad thing. But they've shown that stress is neutral. When right. things happen to you, it's neutral. There's something called eustress, which could be used for positive. And that all depends upon the, the person, the, the person and how they view life, their worldview, their perspective. And some people take challenges and they use that stress for the positive. They use it to propel them forward to uh, change the world, change themselves for the better. And that's, that's just so important for people to realize that just because you experience something, something negative, something you don't want to experience in whatever way, shape, or form, I am just a firm believer you have to take a step back. Um, even though you feel a certain way, and even though you want to say certain things, it's always best to take a step back and reflect. And that could be a minute, an hour, a day. And I'm telling you, the, the more and more that I experience life, I take sometimes a day or two to respond to things because that allows me to sort of recalibrate uh, my emotions and my thoughts. And I can tell you that the majority of the time, I'm glad that I did. And so, you know, you stress is important. It's using those negative things for something positive in your life. You mentioned being a parent. You know, your kids have to see you channel those things. You, it's okay for them to see you have emotions. We're not robots. It's okay for, for you to explain to your kids, uh, dad was frustrated. Uh, dad was having a bad day or this happened to dad or mom and I reacted this way. You know, I'm sorry, I, I, I could do better. But you, you don't hide that emotion. You take it, you lift it up, and you help the kids see that they could, uh, ha you help them see that emotion in a proper context. All right, so I'm not going to do this with every single one. I just think it's kind of interesting to do this. So I am, let's say I am a, uh, well, in, in a way I am, a student coming to you, Mr. Teacher, uh -huh. and I'm saying... In a leadership role, whether it be a parent, a manager, business leader, whatever, how can you be strong but not be rude? Like, how can you put your foot down and stand for what you believe in, stand for a decision that you think is right, but not coming across in a rude way? That is a great question. I'm going to give a simple answer, and it's probably not this simple. But again, I'm going to, I'm serious. I'm going to go back to what I just said that you need to take the time to think through. You need to take the time to let your emotions cool. Also connected to that, number three, you have to surround yourself with wise people. In that time you're cooling down, ask other people, get insight from other people. A lot of times they're gonna give you different perspectives that you did not think about. And there have been a zillion times that I was sure I was right 
and then I have cooled down, and I have enlisted the help of others, and I have found that I wasn't as right as I thought, or that I was right and they were right, depending on the situation. We're not talking about absolutes here, just a matter of um, uh, shades of gray, in, in a sense. And in the book of Proverbs, we learn that in the abundance of counselors, there's victory. What does that mean? That means a wise king, a wise leader, a wise person surrounds themselves with people uh, who are wise, but that, that doesn't mean you surround yourself with people that are going to give you the answers you want. So uh, that's extremely important. Now, on top of that, I think is the greatest principle that we can enlist in our lives, and that again is coming right from the Bible in Ephesians. The Apostle Paul tells the church to speak the truth in love. So you remember when you were little and you sat on the seesaw at the park? The mm. kids go out to parks anymore. I don't know. Hopefully they do. <laughs> They're all rusty now. They're all rusty. But see, when I would sit on one end of the seesaw, right, the other kid who was always skinnier than me, he'd like fly off. He'd, hit, he'd almost hit the moon. <laughs> But what Paul says, I want you to think of this in your mind's eye. Think of the seesaw, and on one side of the seesaw, you see the word love. On the other side of the seesaw, you see the word truth, right? So truth has to be balanced by love, or else you're going to be out of whack. So truth is the... Uh, can you read that, that part again, the question you had? Uh, how do you be strong but not rude? Okay, so truth, you know, you believe something, you're firm in it, you feel that you're right, whatever... But on the other side of that is love. Love is the thing that's going to cause you to pump the brakes, slow down, get some new perspective. Mm. Um, and so what happens is, is you need both of those things to balance out each other. Because if you have only truth, you're going to go around and you're going to hurt people. You are going to think you're always right. And I can't remember who said this, but they said, if you see yourself as a hammer, everyone else becomes a nail. Mm. We know people like that. It's horrible to be around them. They're just going around slamming people constantly. The other side of that is people who are pushovers. They never share how they feel, and they're always kind of bitter and angry inside. Then maybe one day they do blow up. So Paul doesn't say either or. He says both and. Speak the truth in love. Truth and love. So for you listening at home, you need to think about first, where do you gravitate more? Are you more towards the loving side or more towards the truth side? And whatever side that is, self-knowledge is critical. The second thing to think about is whatever side you're on, you need to think about, really think about how can you um, apply the other side to that. So if you're all truth, think about how you can add love into that. If you're all love, think about how you can add um, truth in that. And so I think that's how you can be what the quote is saying, that you could be strong but not rude. One of the things I'm reminded is uh, Ravi Zacharias, who we're going to get some of, some of his quotes eventually, um, is a Christian apologist. And one of the things he says is that no matter what context, always remember that when someone is giving you an objection or someone is telling you something or someone asks you a question, always know you're not answering a statement. You're not answering a question. You're answering a person. Mm. So that person has feelings. That person, even if their perspective of what's going on is wrong, it's still their perspective. Mm -hmm. And you have to, almost in a way, you have to honor that perspective mm -hmm. before you, I don't want to say dismantle it. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing, and uh, you know, this, this, the, the person isn't really that good of an example, but one of the things that 
Winston Churchill used to do is, you know, he, he always smoked cigars all the time, is he would use cigars as a, as a pause to think things over. So when someone would ask him a question, he would try to relight his cigar because it was like a forceful pause that he gave himself to think things over before he answered. And so there was a video I watched and the person was talking about what are some practical ways that you can like almost force yourself to pause. So like when someone asks you a question, like where's it like what's an object that you can do to fill in that gap while you're processing this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. taking a sip of your coffee or mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just thought that was really cool. I didn't I never thought about doing that. Well, that's why I'm smoking a cigar right now. So I can think long and hard about your next question. <laughs> so, uh, one, I would say one, one last one is this is a bit. This is a hard one. I'm gonna throw this on you. Is how can you be humorous without folly? Because I don't know about you, but one of the things I struggle with the most is how do you have fun? How do you crack jokes with people, but not in a disrespectful way, not in a in a, a mean way, and not in a uh, all fun, no, no serious way. You got to know your audience. That's the bottom line. That's, that's, it. that's it. You have to know your audience. And that's hard because your audience could change depending on where you're at. So your humor can change depending on where you're at. But, you know, we're in church, you know, and um, church folk may not appreciate some type of humor, which is normal. But some people don't like any type of humor, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so you as the, the pastor and you as the whatever congregation you're in. or elder. Yeah, you have to understand and get a feel for the culture of the place that you're at. And that takes time. So I would say if you're starting somewhere new, you want to be careful and you always want to err on the safe side. I think you can use humor, do it sparingly and be safe in it. And as you sort of get the temperature of your group, You'll know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate over time. The key is to be patient. I like it. Any, any last thoughts on this particular quote? You want to read it over again? Yeah, read it. I okay. think it's really good. The challenge of leadership is to be strong but not rude, be kind but not weak, be bold but not a bully, be humble but not timid, be proud but not arrogant, have humor without folly. Yeah, before we close, um, Paul in Galatians, he speaks a little bit about self-control. In in, um, Galatians chapter 5, he says that the acts of the flesh are obvious. There's sexual immorality, impurity, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, uh, discord, fits of rage, selfish ambition, enviness, you know, all, all those things. But he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, you know, self-control's in there. And if you look at that quote and read it, so much of those, that balancing act is self-control, and that's a mark of the fruit of the Spirit. I like it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please subscribe to our channel if you haven't already to get more content like this. And uh, hope you have a fantastic week. And please let us know what you, what you what you're thinking. If you agree, disagree, or a quote of your own down in the comments below, we greatly appreciate it.